Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's in this league. Got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they used to make. In this league. I'm the smartest guy in the world? Says who? IQ test you took in prison. Brought to you by Carl Jr. In this league brought to you by electrolytes. That's what plants crave and that's what ITL craves. But today what we crave is some hardcore fantasy information and we've got one of the best in the industry and this is what's fun about this is this is the first time we've actually got to talk with this person usually we've built a good relationship with everybody on the podcast and we've kind of had people turn over but this is a fun one because we have not had this gentleman on but he is one of the best in the business and i'm very stoked about it he is matt Harmon, who you can find over at nfl.com and the creator of the perception the reception perception i almost screwed it up there as i did right the welsh i know jesus christ let's get out of here i'm done all right matt what's up buddy <laughs> uh, it's good to talk to you guys uh yeah Naming the series something that rhymes might have been a little bit of a mistake in hindsight, but it's like, you know, when you get like a bad tattoo, you just have to kind of deal with it. It's there. So thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me tonight. It's a fun time to be talking about football. The season is literally right around the corner. It's incredible. Seriously. And boy, do I know about bad tattoos. I've got three of them and I don't (laughs) think any like one of them is good and like one of them is solid. But like uh, I got and, and here's not to go off a tangent. I got two when I was like 16, 17. <laughs> and then I waited till I was like 30 to get the next one. And my kid and I, I'm I, this is the person that I am. I have like uh, a Drogon on my leg. I've got like a dragon on my leg. And my kid's like, hey, what's oh, that wow. about? And I'm like, I'm like, just make better decisions than me. That's all that you need to do. That's my advice <laughs> as a father. Just make better, better decisions. So uh, in, in real news and real information here, we've got a lot to cover and we are going to go through what I really want to do here, Matt, is you've created some, some really awesome stuff and people can find it over on the, I think, I don't know if this is the only, you can correct me here, but I don't know if this is the only place they can get it, but the ultimate draft kit over with fantasy footballers, I know they can have access to the reception perception, but you have created this really cool kind of metric uh, for people to be looking, obviously, for um, uh, wide receivers and reception. So, first off, will you just give us the ten cent tour of the reception perception and what it is and what people should be looking for as we go along here? Sure. So, reception perception is the methodology that I developed a few years ago to evaluate the wide receiver position better because I think it's the hardest position, one of the hardest ones, at least on the offensive side of the ball, for us casual fans to evaluate because it's, it's not our fault, but like. They run off screen when they're running routes during the game. You know, any stat that you can find on a wide receiver inherently welcomes in other variables like the quarterback, whether they even got a target on the route. So what I do is over an eight-game sample for NFL receivers and a six-game sample for college players, I chart every single route that they run, how often they got open on each route, what types of routes they're running the most, uh, and where they're most successful against what type of coverages, like man, zone, press coverage. So it really helps you understand the wide receiver position better than any other any other tool out there. And if your listeners are interested, yes, you can find it in the Ultimate Draft Kit this year exclusively with the fantasy footballers. You can use the hashtag Reception Perception on Twitter to see some of the graphs and charts that you get. And if you like it, you can go to receptionperception.com and click on my cute little face there to take hey. you to a link uh, to buy the Ultimate Draft Kit. Awesome. Who's right, the well, I... worst route runner in the NFL? So if Ooh, you're looking at one. all of them, who is just, they're running around, and you're like, what are you doing, dude? 
Wow. So we're going negative right off the top. Uh, I think the I just, worst... <laughs> it's like the Benny Hill. Who's I, like I, the do 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 I think the worst season that I have in my database over the last three years was Justin Hunter's 2014 season with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, <laughs> so that should come. Yeah, so that should come as no shock that he was a, he was not a good player in the methodology. I actually remember tweeting out at the time uh, that I saw him fall down more on his routes than actually get open on any route. So that's your kind of go to show you where we are with that. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So I want to start this off here. We've got some actually specific, almost kind of battles. It'll be a little camp battles here. Uh, we're going to, we were talking about how disrespected some players have been in the first segment here. We're going to try not to disrespect these, but we will maybe pit some of these up against each other and you can use uh, reception perception to maybe make some arguments or what it tells. But the first thing we've been in our fantasy football uh, podcast that so we do, the ITL fantasy football podcast, We've got a draft forum episode that drops on Friday, and we've got multiple guests on it. And the first question we're going with is this one, and I'm curious where you sit with this. What has changed from when you started your process? Now, you know, you're a football head, so your process has probably been going on all year. But, like, when you really start to kick in, you know, that June-July area, what changed when you started a lot of your work with the reception perception to, like, right now? Who has made the biggest jump? Where have your feelings changed as you have done your work from July? You're like, hey, I really like this guy. And then, you know, now happens, and you're like, I really like this guy. Yeah, so this is a a good example of like how to use reception perception with making a fantasy decision because this is mostly reception perception being is like a talent evaluation tool. Uh, it, and we know that talent is only a small portion of what it takes to make a great fantasy pick. Uh, it's just one ingredient to the pie, if you will. Um, you know, you can argue how important talent really is or not, but. I like to see a player not only look good in my methodology, be a really successful route runner that creates a lot of separation, um, especially if they're a young player and you know they might be headed towards a breakout season. Um, and then now at this point, I like to have seen something that my mentors from football guys, Sigmund Bloom and Cecil Lammy, would call that steady drumbeat in the offseason. I think we've seen that with a player that even back in July I liked because of his reception perception results, and that being Tyree Kill. And now we've seen him have a really nice catch in the preseason, get treated like a starter, get taken out early. You know, reports out of Kansas City's camp is that he's just been ripping it up. Um, I know Matt Miller from Bleacher Report, who has a lot of connections said that someone told him he's about to go Steve Smith on the league, which I like mm -hmm. to hear. So I think that's something that I do is I, I not only do I want to see a player look really good in my metrics, I also want to see them get that pump from the team and get a lot of faith shown in, in that respect. So I think that would be a situation of how the process uh, evolves throughout the offseason. I am all jacked up about Tyreek Hill this year, too. I got him in a couple keeper leagues for a last-round pick since no one was taking him, so i love to hear that. Uh, we do a lot of player debates here, and we were wondering if we could pit a couple of guys against each other and uh, go through who you would take in a fantasy draft. And the first one we have for you here, Matt, is Amari Cooper versus DeAndre Hopkins. Who would you take out of those two? Yeah, I'm taking Cooper pretty confidently here. Uh, with DeAndre Hopkins, I think he's a good player. Uh, now, I don't think he is an elite wide receiver, you know, in terms of like actual NFL ability. His success rate versus man coverage and reception perception fell at 69.5%, which is right along the 65th percentile in terms of the series history. Um, his success rate versus zone coverage was right around the NFL average. So I think he's a good player. 
but I don't think he's an elite necessarily an elite wide receiver. And really for fantasy, he's only produced as an elite wideout in one set of conditions. And that when the, that's when the Texans were at their worst under the Bill O'Brien era, the early part of the 2015 season when they weren't playing good defense and they weren't running the ball consistently. That was when he was getting just a ton of volume thrown his way. I think we always have to ask ourselves when we're making a fantasy decision is, is, is this thing that we're projecting to happen what the team would ideally like to happen when they're winning games? Because that's, the, that's what the bottom line for their, for their purposes is they're here to win games, not put up statistics. And I think that we've seen that where DeAndre Hopkins was most successful as a fantasy asset was not where the Texans were uh, most successful. So I, I think he is more around the wide receiver 18, 19, 20 range, whereas Cooper's pretty comfortably a top 12 guy. And that's a little bit optimistic in terms of what we've seen from him in the first two seasons of his career. But Cooper's just so, so good that I think eventually he's bound to course correct on his lack of red zone usage. And I think that could be this year. You know, let me, and I think that's great stuff here. Let me follow up on this then, because Bogman and I were having this conversation that we felt Amari Cooper was maybe being undervalued in the industry. I look on Fantasy Pros, and he's got a consensus PPR rank of nine. And I think that's probably, that's about right-ish in that, in that realm. Uh, we've, got, we've got about a minute and a half here, and we'll pick up on the other side with more of these debates. What if you paired him against Des Bryant? Is Amari Cooper, I mean, is, is Amari Cooper kind of an underrated wide receiver from reception perception? And what if you compared him against Des Bryant in about a minute? Sure. So, uh, yeah, I would say that reception perception is a really good methodology for evaluating a player like Amari Cooper. Cooper finishes average or above average on every single route on the route tree. He's a guy that creates separation all over the field. I do think like his lack of red zone usage, and this is obviously different in terms of a player like Des Bryant, who has a great contested catch score. Cooper has been up under the average in not only his final season at Alabama, but his first two seasons in the NFL and contested catch rate. Maybe that's why the Raiders aren't so confident using him in the red zone. It's just a theory, but it is a guess. But for fantasy, I think those guys are right in the same tier, and they both kind of present a similar uh, a similar proposition in that they will most likely be volatile week to week but give you that week winning upside so you maybe perhaps want to pair them later on with more safer low average depth of target high volume slot receivers to give yourself more of a balanced lineup well i think what's perfect here is coming on the the, uh, other side of this break because we're going to continue with matt Harmon from nfl.com and creator of the reception perception is I think uh, the next debate, we're going to talk about a couple consistent options. Maybe you would want to call them slot options. Good reception players that can counter against maybe quote-unquote risks. We've got a couple other big names, and we're going to try to dig a little bit deeper into some of those lower names. So don't go anywhere. It is Bogman, the Welsh, Matt Harmon, Florio's in the house. It's all going down. It's in this league. Back in a couple minutes with more of this fantasy football talk. Don't go anywhere. Isn't this like 80s? <laughs> like there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a boxing match later, and it's like get it on, work it out. I like it. All right. Yeah, I, I know this song, but I don't know. What it, you know, it's music, so I don't know. No, you don't know anything. Matt, uh, we're joined by Matt Harmon from <laughs> NFL.com and the Reception Perception. Matt, are you a music guy? 
Oh yeah, I love music. I could I could go on and on about my feelings about music and how it uh, intertwines us with events in our lives, but I won't bore your listeners with that uh, with that idea. Well, true blooded American. <laughs> Bogman is a hater of all things American, especially music. So just pointing that out. There. I like football and food yeah, I, is what I like. So I, Matt, I want to ask you, who is the best route runner? See, we'll go positive too here. We'll go okay. positive. Now we're now we're swinging back positive. I like that. Okay. Well, I think. The easy answer is exactly who a lot of people would expect, and that's Antonio Brown. Uh, not, not shocking anyone there. Brown has finished tops in uh, success rate versus man coverage and reception perception uh, in two of the last three years charting, including this year, this past season, 2016, he posted a 79.1% success rate versus man coverage. Um, the, the player who, uh, who actually finished the top in series history was Odell Beckham with an 80% success rate versus man coverage in his rookie season in 2014, which, you know, breaking news, those guys are pretty good at football. So I would say Brown <laughs> and Beckham are right up there at the top. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's keep this going. We'll have a uh, rumble in the, re- in the reception perception jungle here, a battle of more consistent wide receivers, which we kind of teased on the other end here, which you might want to pair maybe if you're taking uh, an Amari Cooper or a Des Bryant. How about these two guys? You uh, talk to us about what side you lean on and what reception perception tells us. Larry Fitzgerald versus sexy, as we call him, sexy Julian Edelman. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, so this year I'm finally going to stop fading Larry Fitzgerald. So you can all <laughs> kind of assume he's just he's just going to fall off the cliff now. Finally, uh, this will be the year because I'm because I'm in the, the last few years. I've pretty much been waiting for somebody to take the throne from him there in Arizona and. This year, it really appears like that is not going to happen. Uh, Fitzgerald has finished top 10 in PPR in the last two seasons, um, and I think he could do so again. I think he has another 100-catch season well within his range of outcomes. And looking at Arizona right now, I'm a huge John Brown fan. Reception perception has been super high on Brown throughout his entire career, but it's not even clear right now if he's going to be able to get his health right in time to be the full-time number two there. And without John Brown in the, in the fold, they really have a mess at the wide receiver position after Larry Fitzgerald. So I think you can lock in another another great season. And yeah, when you if he's there at the fourth fourth round, fifth round turn in any draft, I'm, I'm taking Fitzgerald there with with a lot of comfort. What about Allen Robinson versus Brandon Cooks? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Robinson here. Uh, if anybody's familiar with reception perceptions, this is not your first time hearing about it. You know that. Allen Robinson was a player that Reception Perception identified before the 2015 season as a breakout candidate based on his really great success rates versus man coverage and press coverage in his rookie season in 2014 before suffering a foot injury. Last year, we saw his his success rates fall off in Reception Perception from 73.6% in 2015 to 66.9% in 2016 versus man coverage. So it was a down year for Robinson, no doubt about it. Um, I think one thing that we can be positive about in terms of his reception perception outlook is that last year Jacksonville really just didn't give him any layups. If you look in the ultimate draft kit at his route percentage chart, you see all the, the routes that he ran most often were those downfield vertical routes. I think this year they're more concerned about getting some shorter routes into his, uh, into his, into his acumen and into his, uh, into his portfolio so that we can see some more layups there for Robinson. And I think the target volume is just going to be there for him over a player like Brandon Cook. So I think it's going to be tough to predict week to week, even if the numbers look good at season's end, which that's been the case for Cook's his entire career. Really interesting one there, too, because Brandon Cooks has a Fantasy Pros ADP of 13 for PPR wide receivers, and Allen Robinson comes in at 17. 
So I like that one, too. I, I can imagine Allen Robinson's uh, reception perception numbers if he had a, a true quarterback and not Blake Bortles who could throw it <laughs> inbounds. That would be incredible. How about these two? These are on different ends here. And uh, this is part of the industry not like just setting up here and fixing this yet. But Sammy Watkins comes in at the 19th wide receiver, traded to the Rams. Obviously, you know, I think a lot of people have him more in maybe the 25 range. We want to pair him up against Jamison Crowder. What do you think? Reception, perception, what side are you leaning here? What, what does it tell us? Yeah, that, that's a tough one. And uh, I, I, I did drop Watkins. I had Watkins really high at wide receiver 13 uh, in my third tier of wide receivers before this trade. And, I mean, this is the worst possible scenario for Watkins. Not only is he traded to a, a horrific landing spot in, with, with the Rams, uh, you know, Jared Goff could turn things around, but he gave us no reason to, the last year to be optimistic. Uh, and he's doing it right before the season. Uh, it's a big difference. So I dropped him down to wide receiver 29 in my rankings. Um, he's still in a tier for, for fantasy. He's still in the tier ahead of Jamison Crowder. But I would default to what I always think is important, again, which is roster construction with wide receivers. Like, if you want a more volatile week-to-week asset but also gives you more of a week-winning ceiling, I think that player is still Watkins even in a decidedly worse situation. But if you want somebody that's that high-floor player, again, if you've gone riskier players like Martavis Bryant, Tyree Kill, you know, Terrell Pryor, some of these guys we think are going to be volatile week-to-week, then maybe you double back with a Jamison Crowder who's going to get a ton of targets and has like a 90-catch season in his range of outcomes. So I would default to really just what have you done in the draft up to that point before deciding between those two. I like that. What about a rookie versus someone who hasn't done anything in the NFL yet? And uh, we're talking about Kenny Galladay, who I really like coming out of NIU, and the Welsh is, is uh, probably Crushing his number him. one uh, super fan right now. Number one stunner versus, right now. <laughs> versus Rashad Perriman, who plays for the Ravens and looks like he's 43 years old. Rashad Perriman, by the way, is like the, the Kristen Michael of wide receivers. Like every year, <laughs> everyone's like, guess what? Perriman's going to be the man, and he never is. But, Matt, maybe you'll tell yeah. us different. No, I mean, I, I'm with the Kenny Galladay side here just because I think he has momentum right now. Um, and he's like, he's that steady drumbeat player that pretty much since he touched down in Detroit, they've been really excited about him. Um, he's shown up well in practice. And just today, he started taking reps in the first team three wide receiver set. He has a shot to be that X receiver outside for the Lions, which is a pass-heavy offense. And Perryman right now, he's still hurt. I mean, he's hurt. He's been hurt all offseason, just like he's been hurt pretty much since he's been in the NFL. So I don't really see a reason to spend any sort of draft capital on Perryman. Now, I have not released any reception perception results for Kenny Galladay, but I will just say those might be forthcoming in the next few weeks here. So pay attention uh, for that. And I will tweet those out again, using the hashtag reception perception. Ah, baby, go check it out. Make sure you go find the ultimate draft kit and you can, uh, you can get hooked up with the reception perception updates. That's beautiful. What about, uh, what about Cobb? If we, if we did Galladay versus Randall Cobb instead of Galladay versus Perriman, who would you pick in that one? Randall Cobb versus, uh, versus Galladay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think I'm going. I'm still going Cobb there because you're locking in probably 90 to 100 targets in an Aaron Rodgers offense. I mean, Cobb has been not only bad for fantasy, but he's been bad for. He's one of the players who has taken a huge dip from his 2014 reception perception results to this past year in 2016. We're talking under the average across the board, man, zone, press coverage, 
which was really a disappointment because his 2014 season was legitimately awesome in reception perception. I wrote an article in the Washington Post about that actually back back in my freelance days. Uh, so <laughs> I would I would encourage maybe you know I, I, but at the same time it's still like I said 90 to 100 targets in an Aaron Rodgers offense. And I think that's what you're getting for Randall Cobb. So he's someone that I'm like okay with taking in the in the later rounds for wide receivers, but I'm not actively dying to pick him up. I'm gonna say though, I kind of feel like like you wanted to say Galladay because I kind of <laughs> want to say Galladay. I think everybody that listened when when we said when that was said, everyone was like, I don't know, Galladay. Kind of want to say him. You got Ty Montgomery. You got a lot of wide receivers there. I mean, in 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 the safety. You know what's really funny actually about this? More that I think about it, with the hype that's going on with Kenny Galladay. I wouldn't be surprised if he's going ahead of Randall Cobb in drafts, especially in these I, coming weeks. I bet it's weeks. right there. Yeah, Randall Cobb it's comes in at 42 right at wide receiver on Fantasy Pros, but Galladay's already moved up to 63. I think those two are going to go near each other. I really do in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. It'd be interesting to just get a, a two-week sample size of ADPs. Look, if, if Galladay goes out and has like another bang-up preseason game, yeah, I could totally see that. I mean, he's, he's climbing right now. And you know how it gets with like these with the sleeper guy. Eventually, he's getting so pushed up because everybody just wants that. Everybody wants to walk away from their draft like I'm the one that got Kenny Galladay. So that is how it's going to be <laughs> if he keeps yeah, coming exactly. out and blowing up preseason games. Well, we got about a minute and a half here. Um, are there any wide receivers in just about a minute that are underrated that no one's talking about that you like? That and through the reception perception, these guys kind of jumped out that are maybe different from the industry standard. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to say like that nobody's talking about because everybody's talking about Yeah, everyone's somebody, talking about everybody. You're right. <laughs> everybody's talking about everybody. But I think a few guys that are kind of under the radar right now that I really like as potential breakout candidates, like, that. you know, I'm not locking it in, but these are guys that I really like. Cameron Meredith, the Bears wide receiver. I know the quarterback situation's a nightmare, but he turned in some really good reception perception results and – like, he's the only one of those Bears wide receivers that's put up any good film in the last calendar year. The rest of the guys are kind of has-beens or never were there on that Bears roster. I think he could lock in 120 targets and have a nice breakout season. Even later down the line in that, like, next tier, uh, Mar- Mar- uh, excuse me, uh, Tyler Lockett's still a guy that I'm in on. Even if you don't think he's as good as his 2015 reception perception was, which I'll cop to driving that hype train up a little too far last year. <laughs> you know, he still offers you weak winning ability. We've seen that yeah. at the NFL level. So in the double-digit rounds, totally cool with that. And another guy is Josh Doxton. Uh, I know he needs to get healthy and needs to get some momentum rolling here, too. He's had hamstring issues. Uh, but at the same time, I, it would not surprise me if by the end of the year he is eating into Terrell Pryor's target load as the top wide receiver there. He was that good. He's the only wide receiver that I've tested from the college ranks over the last two years to test out above the NFL or above the college average on all routes on the route tree. And he posted an 85% contested catch conversion rate. He's a complete player, so he could really shake things up if he gets healthy that, and get rolling, gets rolling. Hey, man, that is perfect stuff. He is Matt Harmon. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB NFL.com. Hashtag reception perception. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. I am definitely looking forward to talking to you again, my friend. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime, you guys. Thanks for having me. All right, don't go anywhere. More coming up on the other side of this break. It's in this league. We'll be back. <laughs> 